Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and joining me today from across the, I was going to say seas, but I think there's just dirt between us, uh, from <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, I have uh, the Joels, Zamet and Dusha. Hello. Hello. Isn't there like a mountain range? No, there's the Murray River. God damn it, what? guys. Know your fucking geography. I'm dog Where's shit Where's the Grampians? I don't know. See, I'm terrible at geography. I just know that there what is do you definitely say? the Murray River. I wouldn't say, like, from across the seas. Would I say from across the river? Yeah, you could say across the river, across yeah. state lines. Also, isn't the Murray River between Victoria and South Australia, not Victoria and New South Wales? No, 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 no. <laughs> Murray River is between Victoria and New South Wales. I'm I mean, that's a pretty big river. Pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I just thankfully, want to tap out now before I say anything even more stupid. <laughs> thankfully, uh, this is not a podcast about Australian geography. This is a podcast uh, that's all about comic books. And today we are very excited to hear that Zamet is uh, furthering his knowledge of Dune Damn right. via comic books. Um, and Dusha is furthering his knowledge of Junji Ito. Manga. That's it. Horror manga. That's it. I, yep. The more fucked, the better. And one of those things is my fault. Um, <laughs> but to kick the show off, uh, we're going to talk about... Well, look, I, I saw The Suicide Squad over the weekend. Have you guys seen it as well? Yeah, we both yes. saw it. We um, um, actually managed to sneak into an actual cinema just before the lockdown was announced in Victoria. So we were... Um, oh, crazy. Some of the very lucky few. Because the lockdown was announced... Yeah, you didn't have to break the law. No. <laughs> I, uh, I had to break we... the law. And do you know that if, if they catch you, you actually mm. have to join Task Force X? Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah. Amanda so Waller they, is so made... mean. You're in trouble. Amanda Waller. Yeah, it's like... It's, it, it's, a, it's a Task Force X is 5,000 people with no combat <laughs> skills that illegally downloaded a movie. That's the sequel. Okay, yeah, now we did a, a, a based reaction on our other podcast, Baseless Speculation, and in mid-episode you can hear uh, three boys react to the fact that we're going back into lockdown. Yeah, so, I love those. Yeah, it was, it, was, it, was nice. it was a nice little gift for us. Yeah. You know? how, many, how many lockdowns is this now? Six? Six, I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's great. This is the fourth one this year. Just got extended today, in fact. <laughs> Keeping the tradition alive. What was the best thing you did in the week that you weren't in lockdown? Uh, weren't was in lockdown. Seaside squad? <laughs> <laughs> I got drunk three times in a week. That's nice. Mm. Uh, I, uh, uh, I think me and my wife booked several little weekends away. Uh, so <laughs> oh, no. so the, the, the hope... I hope you didn't pay anything in advance. Oh, we did. We did. We did. Oh, uh, it was nice. Uh but we've got two years to use it, so okay, it was good. That's so I, I'm guessing that 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 week of hope, that that was uh, almost kind of like that free adrenaline of being like it's go, it's going to be so nice to get away uh, for the first time in, in 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 almost like a year and a half now, I think. But yeah, it, it was uh, yep. that, that 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 week of hope was uh, real real yeah. nice. It was something to like cling on to. The crash went- down. Oh, I wouldn't recommend, but that initial hope <laughs> is exciting. Uh, I also oh, spent exciting. two and a half hours on the phone to Centrelink, the Australian Social Services Social Security uh, Service, uh, to try and get lost income payment. And I, successful, I was successful. So that was one of the oh, best things on. I did in the week off. Yeah, I had, I had a similar experience. How long is the loop of music for Centrelink? 
uh, not long enough. Because <laughs> I, I, I think I'm pretty sure the service New South Wales um, hold music. I reckon the loop is eight seconds. Yeah, which is just in just so demented. What? Why would they do that to yeah. people? I um, knowing that the wait is going to be two hours. Just play the radio or something. Yeah, uh, I watched the entirety of the 2018 film Tag whilst on hold to Centrelink. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's, Renner's magnum opus, right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, he allegedly broke his arms in production and they had to CGI <laughs> his arms on, but I don't know if that's yeah. true. Watching it, it didn't feel true. Was he, was he very charismatic in that film? Oh, uh, no. But John Hamm's there, <laughs> and he's charismatic. Yeah. That's- well, while uh, no one, as far as I know, in the like while filming the movie, lost their arms in the Suicide Squad, <laughs> many characters lost them in the movie. And uh, watching the movie, like I, I had fun with it. Yeah. Um, and mm. more than anything, it made me realize, oh, I kind of miss the, the, the world of DC. So I took it upon myself to read a DC comic this week. And I saw that last week, something pretty interesting looking came out. And that is Batman 89. Oh, hell now, yeah. That doesn't, I didn't read the 89th issue of Batman, gents. That's not what I did this week. Um I don't know if you are aware of this, but last year they announced that they're going to be making uh, two series um, extending famous DC movies from the past through comic books. And so we got a sequel to uh, Richard Donner's Superman called Superman 78. And last week we got Batman 89, which continues the work of Tim Burton's Batman-verse. Okay. Um, Do so- DC know what they're doing when it comes to like media? Are they just like we keep shit in the bed with our old, like, current films? Let's just go back to the like the well where things were good. I I like to think that it's there's like one person at DC and Warner Brothers who knows what they're doing, and four thousand people that don't. Well, and every every month they're like, hey, you, your idea goes through now, and this is definitely <laughs> one of those. Well, Batman eighty nine in a rare 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 move actually makes a lot of sense because there was the batman 66 comic book series like a couple of years ago i think that people liked unless i imagined that and also that was good um batman like michael keaton's batman's popping up in the flash movie so it's a really good time to remind everyone of batman 89 uh so batman 89 is written by the original Batman screenwriter. Holy shit. Sam Ham. Do you remember know, you know his name is? It's so good. <laughs> it's Sam Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's a great name. S A M H A M. Sam Ham. Sam Ham. Sam Ham. Um, he has written a very strange uh, amount of movies. He, he's done, he did Batman and Batman Returns. Yep. Here's the story for Batman Returns. Before Batman, he did a movie called Never Cry Wolf. In 1994, he did a movie called... Oh, no, a, a, a television series on the Fox Network that aired for one year called Mantis, but it was M-A-N, like M.A.A.N.T.I.S. So I think I remember Mantis. That sounds like a spy series. He wrote the script and was the executive producer of Monkey Bone. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. I love are that you, film. Are you, are you familiar with this one? Yeah. Yeah. The Henry Sillick uh, directed movie with uh, Brendan Fraser. Um, and then uh, in 2005, he did Masters of Horror, an anthology series for Showtime. He was a writer on that. This is uh, the first... Oh, I think, yeah, he also wrote unused drafts for Planet of the Apes and and Watchmen adaptations. Holy shit. Um, hmm. But, yeah, he... Uh, he he has got a uh, like kind of a back a background in writing uh, comic books, um, but this is his first comic book in, in a long time, um, Batman eighty nine, and he is paired up with the artist Joe Quinones, who uh, most recently for DC has done uh, Dial H for Hero. He did the America Chavez uh, run um, for Marvel a couple of years ago. He's a great. He did the, he did the Howard Howard the Duck run with J- uh, Chip Zdarsky a few years ago. If anyone's read that, very funny comic run. But he's a great artist. He's one of those um, artists that can. Um, you know, I feel like it's a it's a it's a sketchy slope, yeah, uh, slippery slope, slope even when you try and um, draw someone's likeness, like an actor's likeness, yeah. in a comic book over and over. Mm-hmm. And I think he does a really uh, great job of doing that. Uh, you have colors by um, Lennon, Leonardo Ito and uh, Clayton Cowles on letters, um, and yeah, Batman eighty nine is a limited series that continues. 
um, plot lines from Batman and Batman Returns, the uh, the original Tim Burton movies. There was a third movie planned, but they ditched it. Mm-hmm. And instead, um, made Batman Forever instead. But it was going to tell the story of Two Face, and that is what this does. Um, now, you may not be familiar or may not realize this, but uh, Two Face, the character, wasn't actually in either of the Batman movies. But Harvey Dent, who mm. is two, who becomes Two Face, was Billy D. Williams, in, uh, right? In, yeah, that's right, Lando. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, exactly, Lando himself or plays. Uh, he Billy D. Williams is also in an incredible underseen film role. He stars as a uh, uh, alongside Sylvester Stallone in a movie called Nighthawks, which is the most off the wall '80s cop action movie I think I've ever seen. And if you like stupid fun movies, I recommend checking it out. The movie opens with uh, Stallone uh, dressed as a lady, uh, like an old lady, to uh, arrest a criminal, and that's like the opening of the film. And then the criminal gets away, and he's just standing on a train station. Being like, I will fucking kill you! I'll kill you! As a cop. It's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> and Billy D. Williams right. is also in it, and pretty much screaming the whole time too. It's incredible. Hmm. Well, hopefully that's the next comic book adaptation. Yeah. But for now, we have Batman 89. And yeah, this this is a, a, a Two-Face story, but we're continuing the plot lines. Apparently a bunch of stuff was cut from with Billy D. Williams' character from the yep. first two movies. Um, but Batman 89 is, is all about... Um, Harvey Dent, he doesn't become Two-Face in this first issue, yeah. but I have to imagine it happens at some point. Um, <laughs> Gotham is overrun by uh, peep, copycat um, villains. Lots of people that dress up in clown suits. There's a, even a few people that resemble the mutants from um, uh, Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, sick. They were um, mutants? What's that, sorry? They were you know, mutants. That's, that's what they're called. Like the, 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 they, they call themselves the mutants. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, you know, they wear like the weed glasses. They have mohawks. Mutants, okay. like punks. Yeah, it's been too not long mutants since I've seen in like Batman '89. Yeah, like, no, 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 not they're not in. They're not in Batman '89. They're in Frank Miller's comic Dark Knight Returns, set in the future. Oh yeah, 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 yep, yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I follow. They, they have like very weird like street talk. They're like, "We's a slice of dicer," shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so the, the Gotham is still overrun with uh, with crooks, and uh, yeah. in this uh, at the beginning of this of this issue, we have uh, Harvey Dent on a date with Barbara Gordon, Ooh. daughter of Commissioner Ooh. Gordon, and uh, it gets rudely interrupted by um, a, a robbery. Um, someone tr- someone steal a, a, a guy in a clown suit um, steals Barbara's purse, and Harvey Dent chases after him and um, flips a coin to see whether he whether or not he, this guy is going to live or die. But then ends up uh, just shooting the gun into the air to scare him away. Um, and as this happens, uh, Batman stops a a, a, a big uh, theft of of some trucks by a helicopter, and but in doing so. Um, makes the helicopter crash into a building. And while he saved $38 million um, from being stolen from what was inside the uh, the jewel trucks or whatever, yeah. he caused tw- 20-something million dollars in, uh, in damage via helicopter to the side of a building. Yeah, um, classic. So Harvey Dent decides that, uh, decides that Gotham is a, a place for maniacs no longer. And the best way to, uh, to, to fix this problem is to get rid of Batman once and for all. So he goes and meets with Bruce Wayne um, and says, hey, you know, we're both big, big figures in this city. What do you say we take down Commissioner Gordon and, ba- and Batman? And, um, of course, uh, we have a very uh, Michael Keaton-esque uh, figure. <laughs> Um, in uh, in Bruce Wayne, who he has to kind of like, kind of bluff that he isn't isn't actually Batman, um, and yeah, we get we get the setup. This is essentially Harvey Dent trying to take down Batman uh, using the legal system, and mm. it kind of uh, explores what a black Harvey Dent, what his upbringing would be like, what he's what his aspirations are, um, because we've only ever seen white, you know, yeah. explorations of his character in depth so far. It's interesting. It's a, it's a really it's a it's a gorgeous looking comic, and uh, I think there's a few. The only character, uh, sadly, that Joe Quinones doesn't get right um, on a few pages is Michael Keaton, a pretty important character to get right. But uh, there's a just he, he's, made yeah. his, he's made his head like real long, a yeah. real long head. <laughs> Mark, he's um, got a dis- very distinct look. You yeah, know? yeah. Sometimes he nails it, but there's a few moments where you're like, is that? I don't know if that's Michael Keaton, but Billy Dee Williams always looking real good. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, I was very excited to see the old guy who plays Alfred in all four of the uh, the <laughs> n- um, 80s and 90s Batman yeah. movies. His likeness is fantastic. Hell yeah. Spot on. I always, he was like my favorite thing about those movies for some reason. The old guy who plays Alfred. <laughs> That's such a weird <laughs> He really thing nailed to love. it uh, back then. <laughs> I don't know why I loved it. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, uh, also, may- who played Commissioner Gordon in those early early movies? That is a great question. I feel like Commissioner Gordon wasn't... Although, to be honest, my knowledge of the original four Batman films is weighted more towards the 90s ones and the 80s ones. Mm. We get it. We um, all love Kiss Me, Kill like Me, Thrill Me, Thrill Me by you 2 We all love Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I do love the bat dance uh, yeah. by Prince. I have That's that yeah, of course, favorite yeah. of mine. I don't know how this ended up in my uh, possession because I definitely don't remember buying it. But I have the bat dance like seven inch single for some reason. I, lucky I have boy. the cast single. Hell yeah! Set. Also, lucky boy. Um, um, I have to find it on YouTube, and they keep taking it down. Hang on. Yeah, so we, Pat, we have a... Uh, Pat Hingle a, plays Commissioner Pat, Yeah, and, and he's a he's a big old fella. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was funny seeing a, quite a burly Commissioner Gordon because I feel like we're very used to a kind of much weedier, mm. glasses-wearing um, version of, uh, you know, over-tired over yeah. version of that character. Um, but, yeah, um, it was it was a really, really great issue. Who's? That's me. I'm sorry. Were you guys getting that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah no, that's yeah. all right. Um, um, my, Archie is currently playing Minecraft with his friends, and they call each other to like Aww. talk about Minecraft, and but they use my account. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute. Um. Uh, so just quickly going back to something you said right at the start before we even started talking about the comic, uh, Sam Ham. Do you know which <laughs> screenplay treatment or like when he was involved in trying to write a screenplay for Watchmen, the film? Because that will absolutely color how this series is going to go. Uh, I probably like pre Zack Snyder, I'd imagine. Yeah, because there was a treatment for Watchmen in the, I think it was early or mid 90s, that is fucking insane. Like, as in just fucking off the wall just pure insanity like kind of only it's kind of more like a um adaptation in the spirit of watchmen i guess rather than the plot of watchmen because like there was a period of time where everyone was like watchmen's unfilmable and if sam ham was responsible for writing on that then batman 89 may take some fucking crazy turns so he wrote the script for watchmen in 1988 for terry gilliam to direct that's the that's the fucked one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> do you remember anything particularly fucked about it uh, i think like they changed uh i can't remember heaps about it but i remember that like i think they changed the time period which is weird because the comic was only a couple of years like old um yeah i i honestly can't remember the exact details but i remember like reading about the film that they almost made and being like wow that would have been Something. So it begins in 1976 with a terrorist situation at the Statue of Liberty led by... Uh, and then it's, uh, Captain Metropolis and Adrian Vate, a.k.a. Ozymandias, they set out to foil the plot. Um, but then Dr. Manhattan fails to save the lead terrorist from destroying Lady, Lady Liberty, causing a severe backlash on the team's reputation by the media and disgruntled public. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I feel like that, yeah, it starts like that, which kind of makes sense if you're trying to, like, simplify Watchmen. You're like, here's an inciting incident where the public lose trust in the team. But I feel like that at some point in the film, it just takes, like, a real... Because it's Terry Gilliam as well. I think mm. it becomes, like, just madness. Yeah, wow. Very cool. There's, there's like, a differences from the comic section yeah. of the wiki, and it's just enormous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's but more, like, inspired by as opposed to adaptation. Featuring characters you know? from... <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that, um, that actually makes the comic- Terry Gilliam was actually unhappy with Ham's draft uh, because the first draft was just a bunch of superheroes, and then he ended up he ended up restoring the um, original comics narration and of Rorschach's journal and a few other things to be um, closer in tone to the comic series. Okay, so that that I guess Wait, they filmed this. 
What? No, no, just the draft. The draft is never okay. I get it. Cool. I was like, <laughs> we just uncover that there's like a 1988 Watchmen film that for some reason no one talks about. I'd be like, what the fuck, guys? I gotta go. I got something to track down. Well, that's so funny that they they got Ham back. They got the Sam Ham back for for this this comic. Um, and it's it's pretty good. If anything, it's not crazy enough. It's pretty like reserved. Yeah, it's a pretty reserved first issue. Yeah, that's for sure. But I I enjoyed it. I like the art. I'll definitely keep reading and see where it goes. Yeah, it's exciting they're doing stuff like that. And look, I'm absolutely in one of the camps that I'm dying for a Raimi Spider-Man 4. <laughs> and I think that stuff like this is going to result in at least a comic book adaptation of it. Yeah. Well, speaking of comic book adaptations, uh, Joel Zammett, last week you read... Uh, 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 after admitting that you have not read any or watched any Dune, you decided to review... A prequel, yes, to Dune yes. comic for to a very specific <laughs> one character, um, and you you know understandably completely lost. And uh, many people wrote in and said, "Hey, why don't you uh, read the graphic novel version of the regular Dune? That mm. makes makes way more sense." You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting that feedback, and you know what? Correct. Uh, so yes, I, I, I uh, sunk my teeth into the the Dune adaptation, the the, <laughs> the more recent Dune adaptation, uh, which is uh, basically taking the novel. Uh, I'll make Frankie Herb's uh, novel and being like, let's make it into a, a comic book that is good, um, and it's adapted by his son Brian Herbert and and Kevin J Anderson. A lot of good names. Who I think today. Brian Herbert. Right. Oh, I know. But I think Brian Herbert and Kevin uh, J. Anderson, I think they're right, like, everything Dune-related that isn't, like, the original <laughs> Frank's work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically just kept riding his dad's coattails. And, again, I don't really know much about the fandom, but I'm fairly certain that most people don't quite like what Brian has done. But, again, I don't know. I'm still uh, I'm looking forward to furthering my Dune knowledge. Um, as I have done today. And yeah, it's illustrated by Raul Allen and Patricia Martin. I'm not quite sure what else they've done, but they, it's good. They have done lots of work for Valiant. <clears throat> oh. Valiant Comics. They wrote a really, really great miniseries called Secret Weapons, which if you aren't aware of the Valiant universe, um, that's a really great starting point. A really cool, like, you know, uh, contained miniseries about a bunch of young teenagers who get superpowers. Bloods. And, and consequently hunted by the government. <laughs> <laughs> Damn government always that ruining everything. Very similar to another yeah. comic book series I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Bloodsport mm. is also Valiant, isn't he? Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Sorry, not Bloodsport. Yes, Bloodshot. Bloodsport's in the uh, Warner Brothers DC movie, The Suicide Squad, yes, which out is... now on Pirate Bay. <laughs> 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 uh, well, so yeah, so uh, uh, this adaptation, I assume it's good. I don't know, having never <laughs> read the original Dune. It's still confusing, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Um, there's still stuff that I'm like, I'm just accepting this. There's a lot of uh, uh, words that I'm just like, sure, I guess that is something that, like, I think one, they, there's like a prophecy, and you're like, you're the jungle blore, and I'm like, <laughs> sure, all right, why not? Let's go with that. Uh, then there's like the Bene Gesserit or Benny Gesserit, and they're like a subset of maybe people that can read the future. I don't know, yeah. but I'm all in, and uh, I've never been more excited to be a June boy. So yeah, it all, all starts with um, uh, uh, the planet Arrakis. That that is the the, <laughs> the 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 place that has the spice melange, and again, the spice must flow. And the Harkonnens were like, right, we control this, but the Emperor who controls everything, is like, I hate the Atreides because the, the like, uh, uh, Litu Atreides, who is, like, the Duke Atreides, head of the Atreides family, he's like, right, uh, he is getting quite powerful and the, and the people like him, so I kind of hate him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Harkonnen from um, Arrakis, give it to old mate Atreides, and then, and then cause a plot where the Harkonnen come in mm-hmm. and ruin Atreides' day. And the uh, uh, Litu Atreides has uh, one of the Benny Gesserit people uh, named Jessica, a name I know and understand. Uh, and <laughs> finally, he, yeah, it's good. A name for Joel. <laughs> and and she is um, uh, not his wife. He wishes he was. At the end, she's like towards the end of this book too. Is like oh, I wish I had married you, but I had to keep myself as a, as a bachelor for political reasons. Anyway, but so she's like. 
his courtesan or whatever, and and, and uh, she has given him a child called, called Paul, um, and and initially the sect of the Benny Gesserits were like, you should have a daughter because apparently they can just do that, and she was like, no, nah, I want to give uh, old mate Leto an heir, and and so we did that because the, the Benny Gesserits were like. If you have a daughter, we can marry it off to a Harkonnen prince, I think, and then that'd be union. Yeah. Mm. Um. And but then she's like, "Nah, just giving giving you a son instead." So anyway, they they have they get asked from their own their own planet they were like happy with, and then they go to to Dune, and then it's all about what's happening there, and they're kind of like taking over that power, and then there's suddenly a prophecy about Paul. Uh, he's apparently gonna unite. Something yeah. I, I don't know yet. Is is this is a prophecy of some kind, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then there's like a lot of machinations and the people being like the Atreides being like the Harkonnens. They're not done with us. They're gonna do something. And uh, so this is basically a trap. So they try and kill Paul with a hunter seeker drone mm-hmm. thing. Of course. Um, and they're trying to sow seeds that it's like, ah, uh, Jessica's gonna betray you. She's a Whoa, better watch out. <clears throat> and so then Leto is like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend like that she is going to betray me and can keep that all like, I'm only going to tell Paul this because everything has to be acted right. And, and, and so he's like, Paul, if anything happens to me, tell your mother I love her and that I wish I married her and be good. And he's like, all right, I will. Um, so anyway, it turns out that the doctor of theirs was like a traitor and he 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 drugs... Paul, Paul, no, he drugs Leto and then puts a fake tooth in him that when he bites down, it will release a poison gas. And so then when the Harkonnens strike and, and kidnap Leto, he, he bites down and tries to kill Baron Harkonnen. Yep. And I'm like, this is like amazing that they're using dentistry as a weapon. Big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um and then they chuff like uh, 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 Jessica and 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 Paul chuff off into the desert. Also, I saw a sandworm. Oh, I was going to say that was when, good. When is Inigo going to get to the sandworms? <laughs> I saw the sandworm twice. Oh my it was god! So exciting. Wait, can you describe in great detail the artwork that goes into the sand? Each each sandworm that you saw. Ah, oh, the sandworms look real like, fucking sick. Like, yeah, they've got big mouths yep. that are open. There's teeth everywhere. There's lightning coming out of their mouths. <laughs> That's sick. I would not have guessed lightning. It's it's, it's pretty crazy because there's one where he's like, all right, we've got to go inspect because uh, Leto, he's, he's a nice boy. He's a good duke. Everyone loves him. He goes there and he's like, right, we're going to have a look down. We're going to be we're spotting to see if there's any sandworms out because apparently when all the, like, the, the harvesters come and do the like the harvest, the spice, they're like, this will attract sandworms. So we got to be careful. And so they, they find out. They're like, oh, there's a sandworm coming. But don't worry, a carryall's coming over to pick it up. But then the carryall doesn't come. And they're like, oh, Oh no! It's gonna uh, damn those Harkonnen spies ruining everything. And uh, one one of the guys who was like, what was he? <laughs> Some kind of planetologist, and he used to work with the Harkonnens. And he was just like, well, I guess you know we got to try and get the spice because the spice is. I'm not sure. I think the spice is people want it. Uh, it makes your eyes turn blue mm-hmm. and maybe gives you long life. And maybe is addictive, and maybe it can make you predict the future. That's sick. A I lot think. of benefits there. I don't know, but I think. Um, and so he's like, the, the, the Duke Leto is like, no, 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 no. Uh, don't care about the harvester or the spice. We've got to save all the people. And the guy's like, man, this guy's caring more about us than the spice. Maybe he's a bit all right. Um, so, and then, then the sandworm comes and eats the eats the big spice harvester while everyone like flees, but with their life and. It was pretty That's cool. Good. Could someone uh, uh, could someone hide uh, a sandworm in their tooth? Uh, I, I th- maybe because I know the sandworms can go real big, but maybe they can also go real small. <laughs> we don't know. Um, or maybe the, you the do know. You tell me I don't yes, know. I'm reading Dune. Um, <laughs> so this was a really similar experience to when I first read A Clockwork Orange, where I was just seeing a lot of words that I didn't know what it meant and had no context yeah. for, but just like fell into the rhythm of it and was like, yeah, okay. I'm n- yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting it now. Yeah. I'm understanding. It's all this kind of like political machinations all yeah. going around. Everyone being like, oh, "I gotta do this. I gotta do that." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." The end of this one is a little bit rushed because they, um, they, they, uh, the Jessica and and Paul, they escape to the desert, and they apparently have 
like similar to uh, 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 in in preacher, you know, the word of God. Yep. <laughs> where they just like do a thing. So I think the Benny Gesserits have that because Paul is also trained for that. So like mind, and also, mind control voice. Yeah, and, and also he might be a mentat, which which uh, so in the oh early... we all know what a mentat is. Yeah, 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 we're there. Yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. Because I think in the early days of the June, oh, we actually universe... don't. I'm joking. I have no idea. I know. I'm explaining is. this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in the early days of the June universe, I think there was a war fought with AI, and AI was just like outright banned or outlawed, and so any kind of AI uprising they just squash, and so uh, humanity had to be smart. And so we kind of evolved uh, smart people who basically act like human computer. And I think Paul is a little bit of a Mentat or a Benny Gesserit, or he's like the best of both worlds. The two and genu- he's a, gen- maybe genders. a Jesus. Yeah. Uh, cool. um, well, um, it sounds like you're a lot more of a Dune boy now than you were last week. And yes. So congratulations and, and, on your progress. Thank you. Thank that you. Is- and also, it, it, it made more sense. Uh, uh, the one that the blood of the Sadokar make more sense now because oh, I was like, "What is going on?" And, and in this uprising, where uh, so in, in this comic, you don't really get to see much of when the Harkonnens attack yeah. the um, uh, Atreides compound. I guess uh, I'm not quite sure if that's like a, like a, a big point in the in like a big battle sequence in the book or not. But like a lot of people just kind of focuses on them being like, ah, shit's gone down, the shield's down, and now I'm getting drugged, and now I'm all bound up, and now I'm in a helicopter. Um, whereas in the blood of the Sadokar was like, well, we're taking it from the like a Sadokar perspective, and he's like, yeah, I'm walking around, and there's that Idaho Jimmy or whatever his name was, Duncan Idaho. There's his name, um, who's some swordsmith. <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, the, the, he, he's the one that finds Jessica and uh, Paul in the desert, and he's like, I know what to do. And that was the guy that the Sadokar man tried to fire at. There's a scene as well to like show respect. They spit on the floor. That was neat. So um, is this bringing... This water's very sacred. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah? I, okay. I'm, glad that you, I'm glad you were able to follow the plot. That is, that is mm-hmm. really good to know. Um, do you think, were there any moments where you're like, I wish I was reading this without pictures, or is the art, does it make it a lot, a lot easier? Uh, it does make it easier. I, I, I had to, uh, to also to become a June boy as I am becoming. I'm I'm watching or at least listening to as I fall asleep, um, like YouTube compilations of June lore, which is helping. <laughs> helping you sleep or helping you understand June? Helping me understand June. <laughs> Um, not sure about the sleeping factor, mm-hmm. but at least mm-hmm. I'm I'm understanding, and so I, I think I want to hunt down the the David Lynch um Movie? version yeah. of June because I have seen that before, but I was young and was also confused, and I'm looking forward to to sort of uh, watching that again now. So in preparation for the new movie to come out in 2024 or whenever. Yeah. So just wondering with that. Um. So obviously that adaptation was hated by June fans. Yes. So you and by the director, yes, yeah. yes. So are you excited to have got into June and then immediately watch something that the June fan base hate? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm excited. Follow up question: um, yes. Is it true that fear is the mind killer? Yes, fear is the mind yeah. killer. Uh, that is that is 100 percent true. That's a, that's a bit in the in the, the very early on. He puts his hand in a box and then he puts. Um, the, the the Ben Gasserit person puts a like a, a thing against his neck and he's like, if you move your hand, I'm gonna stab you with a poison. And it's yeah, fear fear is the mind killer. My, something about obliteration or some crap. Do you know how how much of the book has been covered by this 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 one graphic novel? Like how many graphic novels do you think they'll need to make before they cover the whole book? I've heard three. Okay. Uh, I don't know where I heard that from, mm. uh, or if I'm making that up. Uh, hmm. Now that I'm saying it out loud, where did I pull pull three from? Because the movie, <laughs> we'll never know. I don't know. the new movie adaptation is half of the book. Okay, well this this ends with a, a um, so yeah the, the end of, end of this comic, and I'm not quite sure if this is also in the uh, in the novel, but it just felt very rushed. So Paul has a bit of a dream slash spice freak out because uh, he's sucking in all that spice that's yeah. in the air. And he's like, oh, I can predict the future now. I know these things that are happening and blah, blah, blah. So, is it good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, back up question, do you like it? <laughs> I, I do. Uh, I do. And I don't know if I'm liking it as if I am liking it or if I'm committing to this bit. 
Bit ah, it's hard to June say. Boy. It's a, it's a but I'm a June boy now. I, I love being a June boy. I'm looking forward to, to finally picking up the actual uh, novel at some point. I guarantee you by the end of the year, if you continue down this path, you'll be defending the Sun's books. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I hope I will. The oh, wait, Sun. No, oh, yeah, right. yeah. I, thought, I thought he meant S-U-N, not S-O-N. It's oh, a confusing mistake to make. Yeah. Very easy to do. Because it wouldn't shock me if there was some <laughs> kind of like Sons of June, but it's the U instead of the O, you know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe you become enough a June boy that you can write them yourself. Oh my god, maybe this is yeah, this could be yeah. your future. Quit podcasting, write June books. <laughs> nah, my dad didn't write the original Dune. I can't do that. Uh so we're gonna move on now to Douche's comic, but before we do that, let's hear from our sponsors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks, sponsors. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's move into the the, the hentai. Wait, I mean the uh, the manga. Hey, zone. don't worry. There's I tell you what. There's a bit of horny in this book. Um, you read so is. we've spoken about Uzumaki uh, yeah. with you on on, on a pre- previous episode of Serious Issues. Yeah, many moons ago, um, and uh, I've I've, I've Reviewed almost every Junji Ito book in some form on mm-hmm. this podcast, but not enough attention has been paid to his short stories. Yeah. And you read one of those anthologies. What's it called, douche? Yeah, so it's called Fragments of Horror, which is uh, a collection of some of his short stories. I got the book in front of me, so I'll let you know which stories are in it. Uh... So, Fruiton, Wooden Spirit, Tomio Red Turtleneck, Gentle Goodbye. Dissection Chan, Blackbird, Blackbird, uh, and Whispering Woman. Uh, and so these are awesome short horror stories. Yeah, and this, so like Junji Ito is obviously really well known for uh, Uzumaki and uh, Tomie. I've learned how to say it now, and uh, Gyo. Uh, more so the mm-hmm. first two, I guess, but also very, very, very famous for short stories and. Because I usually prefer, like, longer-form narration... Uh, narrative, not narration. Uh, longer-form uh, narrative. So things like mm. an Uzumaki, or, like, when I read comics, I really like to read... Like, I don't know, like, trade paperbacks and stuff like that. So I get, I feel like I'm getting, like, more of the story all at once. I guess mm-hmm. that's actually going to make me kind of different from most people. Well, yeah, the Jackson and Zamets of the world, who are constantly just reading issues of comics. I usually wait for uh, full stories to drop. But, in this case, it turns out that Junji Ito's short stories are, one, long enough that you get a full feel for the world of the story, and two, fucking rule. This collection of stories is so fucking good. And uh, it also really, really captures, just through this sh- relatively short anthology, to be honest, um, it's only like 200 and something pages, which seems like a lot, but is actually nothing compared to the length of some of his other books. Um, really captures, like, all of the different styles he's quite capable of. So there's some, like, really fucked horror ones, but he also touches on, like, funny, horny, um, which is a big one. Uh, I reckon every single one of his stories is, like, at least a little bit funny. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This um, this has like some stories that are just like full blown funny. Um, and it also yeah has like some like quite somber and sad stories, which is something that Uzumaki and Gyo have moments of it, but I don't think they committed to the sadness as much as um the gentle goodbye does. Which yeah, so like these stories are all so good, and it also introduced me to maybe my favorite Junji Ito character, Tomio who is just a horny king that keeps getting himself into trouble because of how much he wants to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So he's the main character of two stories. Uh, Both of these stories involve him cheating on his girlfriend for no real reason and dying in both of them. Uh, (laughs) um, He horny. Isn't that a reason? Yeah. uh, And I think the... um, uh, Fuck. I'll just double check the name of it again. Yeah. Because... Uh, I went to call it Tomio, but that's the guy's name. Red Turtleneck uh, is maybe the funniest setup to a short story I have ever read, which is a couple go to a fortune teller, Tomio and his partner, and the fortune teller says it's not true love. And the girlfriend leaves, like, upset, and then Tomio and the fortune teller immediately have sex. um the fortune teller's like yes i told her that because i me and you should be in love and he's like hell yeah they bone right then and there uh and then she like uh he thinks she's into like bdsm but instead she's a witch and she cuts off his head um and okay. whilst cutting off his head she, so she uses a, a strand of her hair to cut off his head like a piano wire um okay sh- oh, that's when she puts a cockroach in his in, in his yeah. neck hole right yeah <laughs> okay um but pretty much what happens is it's called red turtle turtleneck because she gives him a turtleneck to wear to keep his head on uh and he's running around the city yelling holding onto like pressing his hands onto the side of his head because if he moves his hands his head will fall off and he will die uh, and yeah, like uh, Levin's just said, towards mm. the end of the story, so he gets back to his girlfriend's house and explains the situation, and the turtleneck was originally white, and it's Hun, red with blood. So I cooked it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Slept with a witch. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and she's like, fuck you, kind of thing, but then it realizes he's not joking, um, and the witch <laughs> comes in and tries to uh, pretty much get Tomio to let go of his head so he dies, as punishment, because she likes to keep the heads of the men she has tricked into sleeping with her. Um, and she, one of the things... got a witch. Yeah, and one of the things she does is put a cockroach inside his neck slit. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's bad. But anyway, uh, Tomio ends up getting his head reattached, but the trauma of that means that he constantly uh, holds onto his head anyway. The end. And there's... <laughs> okay, so he survives that one. That's nice. Yeah, he, sub- he gets, like, some demon kids at one point as well, right? Yeah, the, he gets some demon kids at one point, too. Okay. Perfect. And the demon kids and are it, also is trying he also- to tear his head off. Is he also ah. is, is he also the guy in Futon who refuses to leave his Futon? Yeah. Um, and it turns out that there was, like, a like a mold that, like, took it, like, in, in the Futon and it takes over his body. <laughs> yeah, so the reason that he refuses to leave the Futon is because whilst his girlfriend was at work... Uh, someone came to the door and knocked on the door, and he fucked them. Uh, and he's so horny. <laughs> he's so horny. And ah, it turned out that Zamet, you're not going to believe this. Turns out the person what? he had sex with was a witch. Ah, <laughs> every maybe time, he's just horny Tomeo. for witches, you know? Or maybe witches are horny for him. It's hard to say. Um, so yeah, she puts a curse on him. Uh, so basically, yeah, he's on a futon, and he covers himself with a blanket because he mm, sees. Mm everything as just like covered in creatures and horrible like a hellscape basically yeah yeah yeah. and uh how how many witches would you have had to have sex with that then cursed you to think that maybe you had a problem or that or that witches were really attracted to two would definitely do it for me if it it happened twice i'd be like this can't be a coincidence no i reckon see two i'd be like it's a coincidence the third one, I'd be like, all right, this is something sus. Yeah. Um, Kill me three times. Shame on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but this one, yeah, uh, his girlfriend also kind of gets inflicted by the curse and she sees what he sees and she escapes the house. But he, because he is the cursed one, can't. And they come back and because he, yeah, he's in a food, he's on a food, but he has a blanket pulled over his head 
and he like will not get out from under the blanket and then one day they come and yeah they pull the blanket back and he's just covered in mold rest in peace Keanu. gross yum 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 yeah um <laughs> but another story well, I do like blue cheese good point yeah, so you've got, like, those are crazy horny, but also, like, have moments of very disturbing imagery. Um, and, if, like, those are, like, so fun to read. Um, again, Tomio, probably the best character in fiction. He won't stop ha- accidentally having affairs with witches. Um, but the <laughs> gen- relatable. <laughs> yeah, no, man, that poor man. Oh, he, just wants to, he just wants to have a, a subtle affair. Yeah. It's not his fault they keep being witches. Um, but one story I really liked, which is really somber and sad and not really... It, it doesn't really have any body horror or anything like that, is Gentle Goodbye, which is um, a girl keeps having dreams that her dad's going to die. Um, unfortunately, with this one, I can't remember the characters' names, and there's a lot of characters, so I'm not... R- Rico. Rico, yeah. Her. yeah. So Rico is having uh, dreams that her father's going to die... And, like, that kind of plagues her because she's really worried that something's going to happen to him. Uh, she ends up falling in love with a man and getting married. And he is part of a family where the family have figured out, like, an ancient ritual or, like, religious prayer, basically, that brings people back from the dead as kind of, like, um, a spirit, I guess. And they slowly over... They give it a time frame. I think it's 30 years. Or 20 years or something like that. Anyway, slowly fade. Uh, so they become less and less visible through time until one day they're just gone. There's no way to extend it. They don't know that they're like that. They um, And they are able to communicate. But as time goes on, they lose. Yeah. They become more and more, yeah, invisible and lose kind of cognitive skills and stuff like that. Kind of like ghosts. Just slowly fade away. Mm. But, they, but their, their existence is just so so the family can say a, say a proper goodbye yeah. to their loved ones. A gentle goodbye. Mm. Um, get it now yeah and as the story goes on you find out like so she finds out uh, Rico Rico? Rico's the girl yeah Yeah. Rico finds out that um, about all of this because she meets uh, her husband's uh, great great grandparents who seem impossibly old and then eventually it's revealed that her husband's youngest sister is also one um which is like quite sad because she's like young, and then yeah, as the story unfolds, there's a look. I don't know. There is a twist, and if you're going to read this, it's already to- like got your attention. Then just skip ahead. Yeah, but no, don't spoil the twist. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a yeah. It's, it's <laughs> okay. Like all Junji Ito stories, they're totally worth reading. I think yeah. it's funny to spoil the funny end, the funny ones. But that one, you're right. It is one of his more moving stories. Yeah, and the uh, the big twist is a it's a heck of a twist, Arena. And yeah, it um. Yeah, uh, it comes back to, like, her visions of her father dying and all of that stuff. And, yeah, it's just, like, a really, really well-written, well-paced, just really interesting short story. And, yeah, um, yeah, I I still just can't believe how good this compilation of stories was. And it's made me so excited to read more of them. Um, I started reading... Dush's wall, Dush's entire wall behind him is just unread Dunji Edo books. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you bought like ten, right? Yeah. So I currently own Uzumaki, Kyo, No Longer Human, Fragments of Horror, Smashed. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, legitimately ten. Remina, you got Remina. Right? Oh yeah, I read Remina as well. Um, yeah. Lo- Viz published all of these. Um, they're awesome hardcover collections. I have all of them as well. If you want, I can I can roll my chair back as far as I can and just start reading them all out. The one that I started reading uh, is <laughs> Venus in the Blind Spot, and oh great, it's a recent recent yeah. um, uh, compilation. So I really like that as well, but I don't think the stories are quite hitting the same highs as they do in Fragments of Horror, and I'm still very blown away of how consistently good these stories are. Uh, yeah, I got like I got completely addicted to to reading only Junji Ito books once once I started I, was, I couldn't stop until I'd read them all yeah there's one really 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 fucked one in Fragments of Horror like it's very like I don't know it's very Japanese uh it involves like uh yeah it involves like a trans reveal and it kind of is a bit icky and doesn't really nail its landing but um yeah 
Apart from that, the book is just they like... They can't all be winners. Yeah, it's all 10 out of 10. And I've been exposed to stuff like that before solely because Japanese media often deal with things like this quite clunkily. But yeah, still very strong recommend of this book. It rules so much. Unreal. Well, that is uh, yeah, Junji Ito's Fragments of Horror, which is out through Viz. Um, Zamet, you talked about uh, the June book. Who publishes that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. I want to say, is it Boom? Yeah, I think it's Boom. Boom, do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's you're on you're on ban. You get no a month. You're not allowed to talk about Dune for a month. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I Don't worry. X, an X, adaptation of the like the David Lynch film. You get X Men in three just three months. weeks okay. until you talk about X Men right. again. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got opinion. But five weeks until you can talk about Dune again. And uh, <laughs> right. of course, Batman eighty nine at the top uh, was uh, published by DC. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Serious Issues. You can send us an email. Actually, I don't have an email address. Uh, so you can get through, through to us at facebook.com slash uh, Serious Issues Podcast or join our group, seri- uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Come and say hello, recommend us comics to read, and of course you can find us in the Sans Pants Radio Discord, um, which you can join. Uh, how do you just just Google it? Is that the way you do it? We'll give you a uh, link. We'll chuck a link in somewhere. the show notes. Yeah. Sanspantsradio.com. <laughs> is where most of the stuff is, including including links to the podcast that you can hear the Joel's on, including uh, Plumbing the Death Star, Baseless Speculation, and Thumb Cramps, plus my other two podcasts, Hey Fam, and all the small games. So plenty of things for you to listen to until we come and talk to, at you about comics um, <laughs> again in a week's time. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Joel and Joel. No worries. Thank you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.